Hello and welcome to Eden Exchanges, the business journey podcast by Eden Exchange. Today we welcome back returning guest Chris Kager, Director of Refresh Renovations. Listen as Chris chats about the potential for growth in the market, why the opportunity is unlike any other, and the logistics of a Refresh Renovations franchise. Listen on to discover more. Welcome everyone, my name is Raghu, I'm the founder and CEO of Eden Exchange. So as part of our Eden Exchange's podcast series, we have a special returning guest today, Chris Kajar, who's the founder and director of Refresh Renovations. Thanks again for joining us today, Chris. Thank you. How have things been since we last spoke? And for those listening for the first time, what is your role at Refresh Renovations? So my role, I'm one of the founders of the business and I'm a director. And I suppose my day-to-day role is more to do with the marketing in the business. Business has gone really well. We sold over 60 franchises last year. So franchise sales have been going well uh, despite COVID. And I guess the renovation sector has been going well as well. And I think if you look across most business sectors, renovations in particular is doing quite well and as a result we're doing pretty well as well. And what do you think is driving that stability or growth in the renovation sector? Well we've had a good look at that over the years and the renovations has always been a very robust sector. One of the reasons that we picked it is if you go back and look at the GFC, the global financial crisis, the new home sector and the commercial construction sector crashed about 40-50%. But right across the world, the renovation sector only dipped between 5 and 7% in different countries. And it's because new homes are basically driven by speculation on on the back of the growth of the economy. So the economy is growing, new homes and commercial construction grow even faster. But if it slows down, those sectors slow down even faster, which is why you get that boom bust cycle. Renovations aren't driven by that. They're driven by very long-term trends like continued urbanization in countries, increasing cost of land, increasing house prices. And those are very long-term trends. They don't really change despite what's happening in the short-term economy. Plus, in difficult financial times, the bank finance dries up for new homes. But it doesn't dry up for renovations because the banks have got an asset, the existing property, to secure the loan against so the finance stays up. So the market stays up and the finance stays up, which is why the sector remains robust through all the financial crashes we've had, and it's remained robust again during COVID. And in relation to the economy, you completely understand those trends that are helping push the refresh renovation and the renovation sector. What's the explanation for it being counter-cyclical even within the pandemic with the potential of lockdowns and the potential of limited access to premises? Well, it's interesting. A lot of people think it is counter-cyclical, but actually it's not. What happens is that the renovation remains stable and the new market, new construction goes up and down, which gives it the appearance of renovations being counter-cyclical. It's not, it's just remaining totally stable. But what happens is when the new home contracts, a lot of the trades that were there start squeezing into the renovation segment. So it appears kind of cyclical, but actually it's not. It's just very robust and very steady. It grows on an average rate of about 15 to 2% every year. Fantastic. Now, within that context of the market, 
what is Refresh Renovation's unique selling proposition? I think one of the things you've got to think as a context is that people doing a renovation normally get a terrible experience. You know, you go to any dinner party and you'll see that. You'll hear those horrible tales, but that's backed up by the research as well. Cows, for example, published some research recently that showed that 31% of renovations went over budget and 30% never had a budget in the first place. So the renovation experience is, is notorious for going over time, over budget, spiraling out of control. Our unique selling point is that we will deliver a fixed price budget upfront and we've got a planning process that makes sure uh, there's a good project plan and then there's a project manager that delivers that project to the budget, to the time and to the brief. Yeah, and I mean, I'm personally experiencing that side to it, trying to do renovations without that proper system in place. I can completely understand how sometimes people can feel in the dark about that whole process until, you know, they're interacting with an organization like yours. Yeah. How does that translate to the franchise opportunities? So with that market, quote unquote, continuing to boom or grow, and also that unique selling point, who do you think makes for that right type of franchising? Oh, yeah, very interesting question. The interesting thing about why renovations do spiral out of control is entirely due to the business model of most little builders. And most little builders, they're really selling time. So they're really a little labor organization. And when they're busy, they have to turn work away. So they can never remain totally busy all the time. And they can't build up a pipeline of work because they have to turn work away when, when they're busy. Harvard has done some research in this area, and they have identified that the renovation segments are the most fragmented segments in the entire economy, whichever country you look at. It's the most fragmented segment around. The skills that are required are sales, marketing, management, and leadership. So those are basically management skills. So what's lacking in the renovation segment isn't good tradesmen. There are plenty of good tradesmen. What's lacking is a business model that allows someone who's a good manager to build a business unit, and then you've got someone running and managing the business, and they employ a project manager who's running and managing the uh, construction sites. So those people, those project managers, are the people out of the industry, but they get the business model wrapped around them by someone who owns the business, and then that person who's owning the business is building a little construction team. So just like any manufacturing company, you've got a management team running the business and you've probably got a factory manager running the factory. The guy running the business doesn't have your factory manager. He just needs to know how to run a good business. And we're exactly the same. So we're looking at people who've got probably corporate backgrounds. They've got sales, marketing, management backgrounds. They want to run their own business. This is an ideal one because uh, you've got a extraordinarily fragmented market. It's absolutely massive and it's failing. On average, the stats show that about 30% of the money is being wasted in a renovation. Well, that's all money lying on the table that can go into margins and deliver a cost saving to a homeowner. So the skills required sales, marketing, management and leadership running this business model where the franchisee is the manager. They usually do the sales as well. And then they employ a builder or project manager to run the projects. Now, considering they're coming with that skill set or right sort of attitude, can you tell us a bit about the process that you have to go through with them 
to to build that business, like the training and, and mentorship or coaching involved? Yeah. So the things that are, are lacking in the industry all come down to process. So our process is a in the industry terms, it's called design and build. So when someone wants to do a renovation, they come in and they say, I want to do an extension. We start working with them and producing concept plans and we set set our guys up with a back office, as it were, team of designers and project managers to help them through that process. And in order to manage that part of the process, they need a good ERP system. Our ERP system is developed purely for us. We call it Refresh Control. It helps manage that client through the whole process of getting designs done then getting costings done, then detailed designs done, and then working drawings and then a final project plan. We charge for all of that, so that's a people make a margin, probably about 10 to 15% of someone's revenue comes out of that initial part of the work, and then they go into the build stage. And when they go into the build stage, the systems we provide are project management systems. And they've got very sophisticated project management systems, you've got nice Gantt charts, bit very visual. But the activities, say, you know, remove the bench top, that will be linked to a particular tradesman. So if for any reason you move anything on the Gantt chart that immediately alerts that tradesman, uh, tells them something has changed, and then uh, requires them to acknowledge the change. So there's a whole load of systems in there that help, uh, first of all, the planning stage, the forecasting, the business management, and then the project management stage. And so there's a lot of systems, uh, IT systems sitting behind helping So when someone comes on board, there's an initial induction program. We train them in all those processes and systems. And there's an online knowledge management system. It's a learning system. So it's not just got the the documents and the manuals and the contracts and all those forms. It's also got training modules embedded in video clips. So people do it all the time. But when they come on board, we explain all of that to them. And we write a business plan with them, a five-year business plan, saying, what are your goals. Would you want to get to 3 million, 5 million, 10 million? How many years do you want to take to get there? What profit do you want to make? Work all of that out, figure out all the cash flow requirements of that. And then, so they're set up with their business plan, their targets, their KPIs, they've been trained on the initial system. And then we set them up with a franchise business manager, who's like a coach. Every franchise has their own franchise business manager. And that business manager, when they start, is in daily contact with them. And he's helping them get their trainer wheels on, get out there. We'll switch on the leads at that point. So they'll pretty much immediately have customers they they need to go out and see. We'll help them through that training thing. If they really need someone to come to those sales meetings, we can help them with that even. As they go through that, those meetings will probably move out to weekly. And then eventually as they settle down, there's a quarterly business review meeting, which goes throughout their life. And at that quarterly business review meeting, the franchise business manager is looking at the KPIs, seeing how they're going and saying, you need to do better on your marketing. Do you need better on your cost management? Do you need to do something on your team development? Whatever it is, we work with them. And then there are annual meetings where everyone gets together. It's a global conference, although that's been a bit hampered during these COVID years. So we've done that on Zoom. So there's all these layers of individual support from franchise business managers to quarterly business reviews to monthly webinar series, to annual conferences. And then training is not limited at all to the franchise. It's extended to all their staff and even their trades. 
we're not successful unless our franchisees are successful. So there's no point us limiting that support. So we're, we're very open and generous with our support. And it's obviously a, a tremendous amount has gone into the infrastructure, the technology, the support. I mean, would you say Refresh Renovations is a part technology, part infrastructure organisation as well? Yeah, I mean, we think of ourselves very much as a technology company. All our systems are cloud-based, and that's one of the reasons we can expand so fast. It's also one of the reasons that it's such a low-cost model to get into, because most businesses, if you're going, say, for a coffee shop or something like that, you've got to invest in premises, you've got to invest in leases, you've got to fit out premises, you've got to have plant, machinery, stock, equipment, staff. It adds up to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. With us, it's all on the cloud. So the overheads are basically you, the phone, a computer, a car. And in Australia, we've got a central licensed contractor that provides that to get everyone established. And that's uh, $3,000 a month. So that's about your only ongoing expense. Very, very low cost to get into. In terms of the capital outlay to get into the business, Mm -hmm. what sort of outlay would someone be expecting there? The franchises are 100000 each, and that basically, that's a business in a box. Here you are, open the box, you're up and running. And there's a franchise business manager or coach to help you launch it all. And then you might need about 50000 to 100000 for all your other costs, which are, everyone does about 2000 a month in advertising. There's the central license guy. And then as you grow, if you grow faster, you might want to spend more on marketing But as the business plan will demonstrate, if you're growing faster, you're going to start needing recruiting staff earlier. So you just need some working capital to help drive that growth or accommodate the growth, really, not drive the growth, but accommodate the growth. So maybe 50,000 in working capital. And what could someone expect after coming on board and putting in that capital? Well, when we do the business plans, we set out a plan to get people to about three to five million in about three to five years. And in the first year, you're aiming at between half a million and a million dollars, say, in year one. And that just sort of ramps up. And if you want to go at the higher end of that scale, you spend more on marketing. If you want to go to a more leisurely place or you just haven't got the capital, you can go at the slower rate. But we've got uh, plenty of franchises that are earning three, four hundred thousand plus paying themselves a salary of maybe eighty to a hundred thousand. Most of those are in New Zealand because that's where we started first, but that's where people are heading. And a lot of franchises are not aiming for five million, they're aiming for ten million turnovers. That's the sort of range. It's quite impressive. I know we're talking in potential averages and we want to clarify that, but in terms of the potential component there. It's significant in terms of if you're weighing that up against general market rates. If people are in the business and they're growing and they're able to earn and grow a business with the support of that franchise, it's obviously a testament to the work you've done as an organization. Is there anything in particular as a founder, director, you're proud of about the growth and the franchisees at Refresh Renovations? Yes, well, I I do have a bit of a vacational drive myself because my background is out of the building industry. I was head of marketing for a large corporate and the renovation segment was always the poor cousin really of everything else and it had terrible results. I've always wanted to change that 
In fact, our mission statement for the company is to change the way the world renovates, which is quite a lofty, quite a lofty goal. It sort of begs the question to begin with, why do you want to change it? And the reason we want to change it is it's massive, it's failing, there's a huge opportunity, and it could give such better results to homeowners and such better returns to the people in it. So that's why we're doing it, because it's a massive opportunity. But to change the way the world renovates, we are now a global company. So we're in New Zealand, Australia, the, the UK and the USA. So it's one of those things, you know, when you set out those lofty goals, sometimes you surprise yourself and you actually get them. Excellent. Now, what are your growth strategies now? Where do you see the business going over the next two to three years? And importantly, how will franchises benefit from this? The growth opportunity is absolutely staggering. So in Australia, the market is $36 billion a year being spent on home renovations through builders, i.e. the market that we're addressing. If you add on the stuff that's just going through the big box retailers, that goes to about $45 billion a year. So we only want a small share of that, about 3 to 5%. But that means we need about 400 franchises in Australia, and at the moment we've got 16. So there's an absolutely huge growth opportunity in Australia. And what that means to the franchises is that as we grow, we're able to invest even more money in marketing and websites and technology and processes and in systems. And we've got a very good track, strong track record of doing that. And a good example is hiring that central builder in order to provide a resource to franchises. Now, we can only do that because we've got a certain size and then we can spread that cost and make it much more cost effective for each franchise. So that scale has huge benefits for each individual as the brand grows, that makes the marketing more effective and therefore reduces the cost per lead, increases the margins. And we've seen in New Zealand where we've been there for quite a while, gross margins go on average, this is across the group, from about 23% to 33% in about five years because we're almost topped out in terms of the number of franchises here. So we've seen the margins for each individual business grow. That's a classic learning curve outcome. And we've seen the average project size go from about 50,000 when we started to about 100,000 now. So you've seen increased average project size, increased margins, increased conversion rates, and all those kinds of things as the business grows and matures. And are there any other markets you're going to be targeting? Well, within the group, we've got Refresh Renovations, which does home renovations. We've got Zones Landscaping, which does residential landscaping. And we've got Encore Maintenance, which does maintenance and repairs. Now, we started Encore because we were getting a lot of leads coming through that our Refresh franchises didn't want to do. They're too small. So we created a new group to do that. Zones and Encore are really only in New Zealand, but we are looking to maybe move them out into Australia. Fantastic. Now, you'll have a lot of people listen to this considering making an inquiry about Refresh, considering that option for them. A lot of them are either business owners, former business owners, or potentially looking to make that plunge into business. Anything you could add or piece of advice for someone really considering getting into the industry with a refresh renovation business or alternative if they're already in it in an allied industry and want to make the most of a refresh franchise? Yeah, good question. I myself come from a corporate background and I've 
wanted for years. I always said I wanted to have my own business, and eventually I did. And I have to say, it's a great move. But stepping into a franchise is a much safer way of doing it than doing it on your own. And I'd say for Refresh, we have looked at lots of other franchise models. Obviously, we compare ourselves and benchmark ourselves. A lot of franchises, you're actually working in the business. So you are doing the burgers or the sandwiches or whatever it is. In Refresh, you really are a manager. So it's sales and marketing and management. And anyone in any of those categories is suitable. And quite often, it's an advantage because they've probably trained at very high levels. So some of our most successful franchises are out of things like the computer industry or the medical implement industry or anything. Not many of them actually from allied industries. I'd also say a lot of our successful franchises are women. And I know women quite often look at the building industry and think, oh, I don't think I want to get into that. It's a really male-dominated industry. But if you look at it from a refresh point of view, most of our customers are women. They're the key purchase buyers. And so the first point of contact really is going out and talking to women, finding out what they want from their renovation. And they like having a woman to talk to. It's all about relating to your customer base. And don't forget, you're employing a project manager. He's the builder kind of a guy that needs to be able to manage the trades and and get into that part of the business. You don't really have to get into that at all. So a lot of our very successful franchises are women. I quite like that about the business model. We've talked a bit about that diversity of background. Is there any particular attitude or personality trait you think will more so foster success? Yeah, there's probably a couple of things. You want to be sales and marketing oriented. If you don't spend enough on marketing, if you don't spend enough on generating leads, you're not going to be able to grow a business. And you've got to recognize that. So some people see marketing as just a cost and try and wipe it out of their business. Well, that's not going to work. We're a sales and marketing oriented business. You've got to generate the leads. You've also got to be a good communicator because you're going to be talking to homeowners, finding out what they want. You're going to be a good listener. And you've got to be talking to your team because ultimately you're building a business team and it's that team that delivers the renovations. And you need to be making sure that team is motivated, excited, and is following the processes. The other thing you need to do is to have someone who is process-oriented. Now, all the processes are mapped out. They're built into our IT systems. But if you don't use those systems, if you don't follow those processes, then it's not going to work. But if you do follow those processes and you do use their systems, then you're going to thrive. It's been quite insightful, Chris, in terms of not just for people wanting to be franchisees, it's also been quite a lesson on people who want to look at a scalable business in terms of the structure and infrastructure you've put in place. Obviously, it needs the team, the experience and leadership to put that in place. So just to take a step back, can you tell us a little bit about the senior team you've got in place that actually put all this together? Yeah. Well, my background, I have come out of the building industry. I was head of marketing for a company called Fletcher Building. Before that, it was with a company called Lafarge in the UK, a similar kind of company. Fletcher's is a classic vertically integrated company. It's got mines and quarries. It's got building distribution, plumbing distribution, electrical distribution chains. It's got house building companies and brands. It's got commercial construction companies, infrastructure companies. 
So I've seen the industry from one end to the other, digging it out of the ground to the final consumer. And I've also seen it across every sector, the um, infrastructure, commercial construction, house building, renovations. And then after that, I set up a company called Traffic, which is like a McKinsey or a BCG, very research-driven analytical company. Value chain analysis was our sort of our methodology. And we were working with the CEOs of, of large corporates and advising them how to grow in the building industry. So I've got years and years of research of seeing what works in the industry, what doesn't work in the industry, what rules are myths, and what rules are real. And so all of that information has gone into developing and designing Refresh. And as I say, that's where I've got this vocational thing and saying, why does this segment perform so badly? It performs so badly because there's a lack of a certain business model which refreshes delivering, and it's all to do with processes and systems and the people running those business units, which is why we're looking for people who are not builders. We're looking for people who know how to run a business unit and sales marketing business-oriented. And the other guys have also got commercial kinds of backgrounds. So we're not a bunch of builders who've been good at nailing and painting and sawing and hammering who've set it up, let's grow. We've kind of the other way around. We've understood the market. We've researched it. We've analyzed profit pools and supply chains and consolidation and all this kind of theoretical stuff and built a model to address what's going wrong. And what's going wrong is that renovations typically don't work out well. So we've addressed that problem and then the business model you need to address that, etc. So our background is is sales, marketing, but the analytical side of sales and marketing. All right. Thanks a lot, Chris. Look, it's been really insightful. Anything else you wanted to add to anyone listening about the refresh renovation business and what's making this unique? Yeah, I think there is one final thing. I think refresh is quite unique in that it really is an opportunity for someone who has built up sales, marketing, management skills in a corporate and are wondering, how do I turn that into value and an asset for myself? And Refresh, in my opinion, and that's informed by a lot of research. So I think it's one of those opportunities where you can take those sales, marketing, leadership skills, those soft skills, and really turn that into a valuable business asset. Fantastic. Well, excellent stuff, Chris. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. A lot of insight lessons about both the business and the market. We do encourage anyone interested to find out more about the opportunity. You'll have some contact us boxes near this podcast. So we encourage you to pop your name down and one of the team will be in touch with you to get the ball rolling with the company so you can start your journey with refresh renovations. Now, apart from that, Chris, thanks again for coming on. We'd love to have you on again soon to inform the market about the growth of Refresh and also your expansion plans. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chris. Eden Exchanges was brought to you by the team at Eden Exchange. In this episode, we welcomed back returning guest Chris Kager, Director of Refresh Renovations. To find out more about Chris and the Refresh Renovations franchise, or to discover other episodes by Eden Exchanges, Head to our networking website, businessbyinvest.com. You can also subscribe to this series on iTunes or Stitches if you're using Android. Find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram for recent info on the buying, selling, and investing world. Thanks for listening.